and gunning. That was uh, Charles Davis on the call with Ian Eagle. Charles Davis going to join us. What full Berman? Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing more fun to say. It really is. Into like, a live microphone than whoop. Well, that and I mean, I don't know if it's like TM if I'm going to get shocked, but like the back, 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 back. He's got yeah. two of the best. He really does. <laughs> say what you will. The man loves the CFL and he's got two of the best. Uh, yeah. The Ravens playing in the London game this week against the Tennessee Titans. Thank you for telling me that. Thank y- you. You're welcome. So, yeah, adjust your uh, schedule accordingly. We got another early game on Sunday. Again, kind of good. What? The game. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad. What are they doing? People of London, they don't deserve. They wow. deserve. No, what? They don't. Pardon me? They don't. Why not? I, this is why, like, this gets into they, a whole It's well attended, thing. those hate, games. That okay. there's, there's real NFL Pre-gripe. football fans there. Pre-gripe. I'm complaining about something that hasn't even happened yet, and you okay. will hear this take again in a month and a half or whenever it happens. The Leafs should not be sent over to Stockholm. Mm-hmm. That is disgusting that yeah. the league is doing that to them. I, I got to say, I only learned of that uh, reality a like last week or so when I was going through the schedule. You're so lucky that we're not that good of friends because everyone in my circle has been getting hammered with how much I hate this. Hmm, interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, you you don't have to send me those. No, I know, I know you don't want them. That's why there's a healthy, we've got a healthy boundaries, I think. Uh, But yeah, that is happening in November for the Maple Leafs. They're playing a couple of games in uh, in Sweden. Uh, Yesterday, Thursday nighter, hey, I think my Chiefs bet did hit it was not as easy as maybe we could have anticipated because one it's thursday night football and generally the rule of thumb should be like take the points lean into it because the the lack of yeah the lack of preparation time the lack of rest for both teams generally makes it a closer game but also like the kansas city chiefs this is what they do over the course of a regular season in which they know they're going to win the AFC West, especially when you get to play a Broncos team twice a season that you won now 16 consecutive games against. Is that, yeah, you, you don't, I mean, you'd, you'd like to have now the, the one buy in the conference, obviously, and then you could probably still do that playing with your food the way they have um, over the regular seasons past and and certainly yesterday. But yeah, you 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 don't need to be at your absolute best. Um you probably didn't even need to to play Travis Kelsey in a game that he wasn't 100% mm-hmm. although he had 100 yards receiving the first half of that game. Well, the NFL industrial complex would die if Travis Kelsey wasn't involved. Yeah. Al Michaels for the win yeah. on that one. I did love that. Him just uh feeling just saying there's no there's no Taylor Swift talk happening. We're not doing that tonight. I love that from Al. Yeah. I mean, they showed her a bunch in the broadcast, yeah. but he's just like, cool. Yeah. You do do what you will with this. <laughs> Third and 3. Um Let's talk to Charles Davis, the NFL on CBS and NFL Network, uh, calling Seahawks Bengals this Sunday. How's it going, Charles? Going great. How are you gentlemen today? Uh, doing very well. Like if, if you end up in a position where you're calling a Chiefs game and, and Taylor <laughs> Swift is in attendance, are you going to, to reference her when she's shown on the broadcast? Like how would you play it? Oh, I would hope that we would. Listen, I'm a Swifty, so that would be very excited, but... <laughs> I would hope that we would reference there she is and then let's move on from there because, you know, it's been done. It's been done. And it's great that she's there. It's great that she and Travis are doing whatever they're doing. I did get a kick out of, I saw the line. I was traveling some less. I said, catch everything. But what was the line when he introduced, when Al Michaels introduced her to kind of the first time? Like there she's, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> 
and, and, and like he's like he's like working his way into like what do I say so I don't get killed, but I don't really care. Um, yeah, uh, Travis Kelsey's uh, good buddy and girlfriend. I was like, good buddy, good buddy, 10-4, good buddy. And I was like, that was outstanding. That was the one where I know today his grandkids are like, Grandpa, good buddy. And he's like, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. Well, you know, I, in, in all seriousness, I would hope that we would handle it. It's been done so big. And my colleagues at, at other places, they were the ones who caught all the shrapnel early when the excitement went crazy. And I think everybody probably went a little overboard in the beginning. And I'm not blaming. I'm not accusing. I think I'm just saying, thank goodness it wasn't our group the first time. Because the first time, everyone kind of loses their mind a little. Are we covering enough? Are we covering it too much? Are we doing this? Are we, you know, I just feel for those people. But now it's been done so many times. Reference, there it is. Boom, keep it moving. That's what I would hope. And I'm quite sure Al was like, don't show her again. I'm talking back. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got it. <laughs> yeah, and the good thing is when you're Al, you got a little clout to uh, to do that. You've been around. Oh, oh, been around people go listen. Yeah, I would, yeah. When out when out when Al asks, makes a re- how do we say it? When Al makes a and I'm doing Joey Tribbiani air quotes request. <laughs> is that a request? I don't think so. Yeah, no, it's a it's a request for the thing that's about to happen is is what it is there. Uh, so so Charles, uh, just just quickly again, no, don't want to drill too deep down on it, but yeah. just ta- talking about the Chiefs there, I think everyone is kind of of the belief that the Chiefs are in this treading water, getting themselves right. Yeah. It's almost like the season is their training camp is kind of the way we're treating it. Do you think that's a fair way to look at it? Not not that the Chiefs don't have the track record to get that, but it does feel right. like when they have games that are less than impressive, we're very quick to say, ah, that's the Chiefs. They'll figure it out. It's just a step in the building blocks. I think that you've nailed it. I think that you've got it exactly right, but I don't think that's absolutely the truth. Because and I don't think the Chiefs believe it's the truth. I think that's what they want us to go with because that provides them cover, right? Ah, you know, they're working out, they're doing this. I think they have some concerns. I think they have some real concerns, especially with the receiving core. Because you don't have those guys that you're going to, super dependable, I'm going to get there. And this is one of those ones where I think Chiefs management has put so much on their quarterback and, what, and go to bed every night going, ah, Patrick will make it right. Patrick will make it right. Patrick will make it right. Who's the most dependable receiver? It's Kelsey. We know that. After that, who would you go with? Oof. Like, who would you say? That's the receiver. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's slim pickings after that. It's, that's it's the problem. not ideal. It's like, yeah, Kadarius Tony. not ideal. Oof, yeah. That's... No, no, absolutely not. That's a, that's a hard no for me. Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. Okay, because I think I think until he proves himself with consistency, you're fooling yourself on Kadarius Tony. Because do we even know he'll be there when the games are are, are are tight at that point? Because he's been dinged every step of the way in his career. So, so I'm not sitting here saying I'm counting on him. Is it Justin Watson? I like Justin Watson. Boy, he dropped a big one last night. It was wide open, right? Yep. Is it going to be is it gonna be Noah Gray, the backup to, to Travis Kelsey? No, it's not gonna be him. When are you gonna be able to develop Rasheed Rice? Because I think to me he's the next guy to come through, but he's a rookie. Let's see if he can continue to develop and become that guy for him. 
because I don't think Sky Moore's done it yet. And I feel like I'm just destroying their receiving core. I'm trying not to. But you got to have some people emerge and take some pressure off because it can't be Kelsey, 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 Kelsey all the way through. That's a heavy burden to carry, especially considering this year when the attention is really ratcheted up on him for reasons that have nothing to do with football. So, so to me, they are they they love the image. Just what you said, we're trade. Yeah, we'll be there when it gets tight. You guys both know. Pick your sport. No one can just turn it on when they get good and ready and be dependable. They have to start working on They're working on it now, and they're hoping to develop it now. But it's not there yet on offense. And who would have ever thought, well, our defense is playing so well, we're in good shape right now. Kansas City? That's interesting. Yeah, it's flooring. It's not at all the the team you think of there. And then with Kelsey, you know, he's already he's already banged up. He's he's older than I think people people think. You know, I think they yeah, think of him because he kind of burst on later, the longer college career, all that stuff. Mid thirties already. So yeah, it's a dangerous game. You know, it does kind of lead me to I was I was wonder I wanted to ask you about the idea of it seems like and this isn't coming from people in the league, but people who cover it, report on it, the idea of there being more maybe concerted tanking efforts from a front office perspective teams really having a deadline sell-off it's not something we see often in the nfl do you think that there are potentially guys out there that could help the chiefs and not even just to focus it on the chiefs are you surprised there's that much conversation about the selling of assets at a trade deadline because it's really just not something there's usually one or two guys but it feels like it's a much bigger conversation this year than in years past I agree, and it's not something that we're used to having that discussion, not something that bubbles up like this. Other sports, certainly, but other sports are also where that one or two guys can totally transform your your franchise and your team. Football, there's less of that. Usually it's more of a piece that goes with a group that's really good right now that you can bring in and get it done. For Kansas City, receivers, dependability is a big deal. Now what was interesting was last night, you know who has receivers? Denver. <laughs> yeah. Well, not Jerry Judy if you have but, Steve Smith, but yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, but, but, but you know, listen, Steve Smith is a colleague and a friend. When Steve I love Steve Smith. Go, 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 when Steve decides to go for you, just, yeah. just, 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 just go into the fetal position and let it, <laughs> let it finish because it's just going to go that way. One day he's going to come for me like that. So I'm just, okay. And Steve, I didn't even play receiver. Okay? I don't even know what's going on. But Denver has receivers. But would Denver deal with Kansas City within division? You know, that's kind of frowned upon. And But there's more of that going on. Remember when T.J. Hawkinson went from Detroit to Minnesota? And, yeah. you know, they didn't bat an eye. So they, there's an opportunity out there. But I think you're right. There's more of that discussion than there's ever been before. Yeah, uh, the, the talk around Kirk Cousins is extremely interesting, especially with the Vikings working out Colt yeah, McCoy. With their record. Yeah. yeah, and with, and with their record. You yeah. know, that's the other part of it, too. Those teams who aren't playing very well and don't figure to get well. Like, look, when the season began, let me ask you guys very quickly. It's a very quick question. Did you expect Minnesota to win as many games this year as you did last year, or did you expect them to take a quick step back? Step back, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I didn't mean a step back would mean they wouldn't be playoff contention, but there's no way they were going to win 11 games by one score as they did last year. By the way, all their losses this year have been by one score. Everything just flipped on them, right? <laughs> so, so, so you just knew that something like that was going to happen, but now you're in a position as Minnesota. Is he our guy for the future? And if not, is there something we can do right now that could get us ready for the future and go ahead and look at the quarterback draft? 
I think this is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't think people are tanking. I really don't. Because remember, all that Arizona Cardinals talk about tanking, you go ahead and kick that to the curb. And where everyone missed was when they cut Colt McCoy. Everyone said they're definitely tanking. Josh Dobbs is an upgrade at this stage of their careers. And by the way, has played like an upgrade for the most part for the Cardinals. They've been in contention for games. They've won, they, they beat Dallas when they weren't supposed to. They, they played Cincinnati pretty darn tough last week. The Cardinals are playing as well as they can. I don't think that they're tanking. Now you've got to look at others. Will they tank or will they just go ahead and get rid of some assets because they know their season is lost? Mm-hmm. They did have a, a firsthand view of the the resurgent Joe Burrow last week, who who finally put forth uh, a, yeah. a game that looked like Joe Burrow asking. And you're going to watch that Bengals team yeah. against the Seahawks on Sunday. That AFC North one game separates the top from the bottom <laughs> of it. It, it. It's crazy, Charles, because it felt like yeah, the Bengals were teetering on being totally out of it um, and have resurrected their season. Like, how do you? How do you evaluate the pecking order in, in one of the most competitive divisions in football right now? The Bengals started last season 0-3 and three in the AFC North. I'm not talking about overall record. In their division, they lost their first three division games. Won their last three division games, won the division for the second year in a row. So I don't count them out ever. Our biggest thing was exactly what you talked about. If Joe Burrow got healthy, that's a whole different Bengals team. Sunday, he looked like that Joe Burrow, and I believe he feels like he is continuing to ascend in terms of health. And if that's the case, all right, it's a different deal because the offense expands, more things could happen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Baltimore is a team in that division that has to look in the mirror and ask themselves, how did we get here? Because if you think about Baltimore, their losses – they lost by, let's see, let's see who they lose to first. I can't remember now who they lost to. Someone they shouldn't have. <laughs> and then the last one with Pittsburgh, we did that game. They should have been up 21 nothing in the first half. Didn't happen. Let Pittsburgh hang around. Kenny Pickett makes the big play down the stretch with George Pickett and win the, wins the ball game that they had no business in winning. And Baltimore had no business in losing. They'd have a stranglehold on the division right now. They would have won all three division games they played on the road in the first half of the year and then would have been able to say, come chase us and come get us. Instead, they're tied at three and two with Pittsburgh. (laughs) Who would have thought Pittsburgh would be at the top of the division right now, especially the way they're running off at. I still think Baltimore right now is the best team in the division if if they play it fully out at the moment. But Cincinnati is the team I have my eye on. Because Cleveland, as good as the defense is, I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to play again this week, guys. He didn't practice, He hasn't practiced yet. And that's coming off the open week. And I just I told my crew when they told us, you know, rotator cuff, I said, guys, I've never heard rotator cuff be a minor injury or a short-term deal. And they were acting like, ah, he'll be back next week. I said, rotator cuff? I mean, you guys have been around. When's the last time you heard rotator cuff? And they're like, ah, just put a little ice on it. He'll be fine. <laughs> oh, man, you're talking to two guys who have been talking about baseball for the last three weeks. So, uh, yeah, that's like a six-month injury at bare minimum uh, in, our, in our world. Uh, yeah, exactly. You might as well just retire, quite, quite honestly. Uh, <laughs> looking ahead to, to this weekend, you mentioned the Browns there. Uh, I don't know how good of a game it's going to be because you mentioned uh, Watson not being available there. But in terms of just a defensive matchup, the 49ers and Browns, those are probably two of the best, if not the two best defense 
defenses uh, in, in the NFL. Uh, what, what do you, what's your read on that one? And do, do you think that this game will tell us anything about the Browns if they're able to kind of hang around despite the the lack of offense they're going to have in this one uh, against a 49ers team that's looked like world beaters so far? Yeah, it'll, it'll confirm what we think, that the Browns are a good football team with an excellent defense. But you got to have some firepower. If only and they had Kyle Shanahan, Charles. If only. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. They did at one point. Oh, oh and anyway. McDaniels was there too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. But if at any point you're able to play with your full offense with your, and you're the Browns, you are an immediate team to really be dealt with in your division. Without that firepower, and we saw that, you get the Baltimore game in Cleveland. And defense was doing historic things in a short term, and they felt really good about themselves. And they actually played pretty well. But over time, you can only hold it there so long. It's kind of like talking about the Jets, isn't it? If the Jets don't find a way to create some real offense, if Zach Wilson's not consistent, they're going to waste a really good defense. Mm -hmm. They were able to capitalize and take on Denver last week, who's not very good. What happens with the better teams? Can you hold in there? That's why I'm not exactly bullish on Cleveland's chances with San Francisco because their defense is terrific. But can you hold in there for so long against San Francisco, who actually is very good on offense as well? That's the hard part. Uh, before I let you go, Charles, uh, Sunday nighter, uh, Bills and Giants, who look like uh, the Giants do, look like one of the, the worst teams in, in the NFL. They've given up 30 in yeah. four of their five games uh, this season. Uh, Bills have suffered two horrific losses uh, on defense in Trey White and Matt Milano. We, we know the yeah. offense is going to put up points, and, yeah, they're, they're going to win that football game, and, you know, they're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to likely win the, the AFC East. Does that put a cap on on their, their ceiling this season, losing two super significant pieces? It makes it very difficult. Milano's an all-pro and a legit deal. I mean, he's he's played so well for them over time and finally got the recognition he was due. Trey White being able to come back from the ACL on Thanksgiving Day two seasons ago, get back to a really high level, get hurt again like that, and they're not super deep at the corners anyway. And the defense have been playing awfully well. So you get Von Miller back, but you lose these two key pieces. The biggest issue is they still got to deal with Miami again in Miami. So that's where, I'm, that's where I would be worried is that I think Miami now kind of has the upper hand in that division in a lot of ways. With their speed, their defense has played fairly well. They dropped the one in Buffalo, but that's not the same Buffalo team they'll be playing. They don't have the same pieces. Miami now, to me, becomes the team to beat in the East, even though Buffalo very proud. But remember, Buffalo, that loss to Jacksonville, and the opening night loss to the Jets, those are two losses you could easily say, should they have lost both those games? Mm. Jacksonville much more so because of the injuries in, in London. Yeah. But the Jets game, they never should have lost that one on opening night. That night was the night Josh Allen did not play within himself a little bit. Because when Josh Allen takes care of the football, he is a monster. When he doesn't take care of the football, the team, does, the team gets a little bit of jeopardy. Mm -hmm. And that's really where they've been this season. Uh, we'll see. Uh, how they fare against a pretty anemic Giants team. Charles, uh, always a pleasure. Enjoy the weekend. You guys do the same. Great to talk with you, and thank goodness it's hockey season. Yeah. Take care now. <laughs> All right, take care, Charles. Charles Davis, uh, NFL on CBS and NFL Network. Um, it's time now for something to chew on. Brought to you by Great Canadian Meats.
You know what does bring me happiness? Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. It's yeah. great seeing you. Great chatting with you. Feels like you're in great spirits. J.K. Dobbins talking to you is good news. And we hope the rest of the day is fantastic, pal. I'm going to go beat his ass and rehab here for the next three hours. That's so. what I'm talking about. Um, so it turns out that it's a, it's a great day for Pat McAfee when mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers joins his show each and every week. Mm -hmm. It is actually a pretty great day for Aaron Rodgers' accountant uh, because according to reports that were confirmed by Pat McAfee right. himself that Aaron Rodgers makes upwards of a million dollars in payment directly from either he, Pat McAfee, or mm -hmm. the show or the, whatever. It's, sure. it, he's getting a, a million bucks. Like, mm -hmm. those are not pro bono no. uh, hits that he does on Pat McAfee's show where he sometimes breaks some pretty significant news. Now, Brent, there's been some question as to whether Pat McAfee's journalistic integrity is... is oh, his is, journalistic integrity. ...is called into okay. question. Does this, does this change how you view Pat McAfee in that show? The, the fact that they're paying Aaron Rodgers to be on it once a week? Okay, not that very particular part of it. I did have an issue with Pat McAfee referring to the reporter as a rat for reporting that information. That part I didn't like, but mm. no, I do not care that Pat McAfee goes and takes his money from whoever's given it to him, whether it be the people who's with before or ESPN or whatever, and then gives it to Rodgers or they give him money. Me personally, would I want to pay Aaron Rodgers to tell his dumb Pfizer jokes and call Travis Kelsey Mr. Pfizer? No, but would you pay a million dollars to have Aaron Rodgers on your show because it makes it talked about Easily. all the time? Clearly a good piece of business for McAfee. And if you're Rodgers, he clearly loves it anyways. So would I like a million? dollars for talking to my friends sure i would i talk to you yeah. and i get way less than that so <laughs> it's uh, that's true um I, I love when when sports journalism gets thrown into the bucket of just journalism journalism there are sports journalists but my god not him <laughs> well yeah it, well that's he's part wearing of it. a tank top but pacing even, around doing yeah. his show not a journalist. Can't you, confirm. No, it's true. And I guess there are stories in sports that, yeah, you want the big J journos on and are, are a little bit more serious and, and important. For sure. But generally speaking, and I can also speak to this as being the reason why I'm in this field, is right. that sports are not that serious. It's a so toy it's like, store, baby. It, it's, like, it's like fun to take them seriously at times yes. with the understanding, the implied understanding Know that this is where I'm coming from when you listen to me on the radio. That like it, nothing matters. Like in sports, yeah, uh, it, it's just really not comparable to mm -hmm. the real world. So that, well, and of course, unless you're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah, that's no, very that's different. that's life and death. Yeah, yeah obviously, and yeah, need to get also that in there. went without saying. Like everyone knows okay, that. Just like, need to make sure though. No, you, the point you made <laughs> is the correct one. Let's look at return on investment. A million bucks. He's probably underpaid what Aaron Rodgers is getting. Also, little look, uh, peek behind the curtain here, everybody. Don't you dare. There have been athletes, coaches, managers that have received financial remuneration for their appearances on radio and television in this market, in <gasps> this country. No. That's not, like, unheard of. That's that's the way she goes. You're not likely to get someone of the stature of an Aaron Rodgers to join your program, you don't cough up a wad of cash. Again, a million bucks in the grand scheme of things for Pat McAfee, who I think when he was working with FanDuel was making yeah. almost $60 million in a yeah. season and not making less going to ESPN. No. Yeah, that's 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 
That's a lot of eyeballs every whatever Tuesday it is that, that Aaron Rodgers sure. joins the show. Couldn't, oh, oh, would never know, would never be caught dead watching or, or listening to that particular segment. I'm good on that, so I would never, ever know. But yeah, it is so clear as day, just a great piece of business for them. And for Rodgers, he clearly loves it. He loves the mud. He loves being in the mix. It's his, it's his pulpit that he gets to go on and scream, leave me alone while drawing all the attention to himself. So yeah, honestly, just a big time win for all parties involved, I guess, other than me who has to hear and Rogers talk a lot. Yeah. By the way, uh, producer Jeff has sharing a video with us of, of Aaron Rodgers walking around w- without crutches, which is, I don't know how his doctors feel about that. Like, I don't know. It's impressive. I guess that you just had to Achilles surgery not that long ago and you're walking without crutches like maybe just use the crutches Chill out a little yeah like just use don't, the crutches. don't need to be a hardo yeah <laughs> yeah Dobbins who was referenced in that clip we just heard he was walking around in crutches that so clearly that's what it was Rogers was wasn't lying in that clip he's like mm, I don't like Dobbins being <laughs> more ahead of me I'm gonna I'm gonna get off these crutches all right when we come back um the top seeds in Major League Baseball, they're gone. They're finished. Uh, the 162-game sample, meaningless. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. We'll also get you set for the weekend's football action uh, with the Wake and Rake. As the fan morning show continues, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nobody in Major League history has hit two home runs on back-to-back postseason games, but you just did, and you guys are headed to the NLCS. Where's the question in that? There's no question. Okay, thank you for telling me. I, I thought you'd be happy with that. Uh, I am, man, but we got eight more wins. Was that was that the Shapiro presser yesterday? Is that a question or your statement? Yeah, either. I don't care. Talk. And morning shows, 4759, the fan. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Cassiano's deep to left a couple of times. And uh, the is he a man of faith? I don't know. <laughs> God. I, I know his son believes in his dad. Boy, does he. His dad is God. Yes, for sure. In that house. At, at, at least, well, I was about to say in that house. Let's be honest. A lot of houses in Philly. I like to think there's infighting in Philly mm-hmm. houses of, no, Bryce Harper's God in this house. No, no, they, no. Yeah. It's Cassiano's. God. I like Trey Turner. Mm, yeah, no, that's why that voice is much smaller. Although I will say whoever whoever came up with the idea of, of cheering a Trey Turner at the end of the season, resurrecting his his season and maybe his career yeah. in Philadelphia deserves a round of applause I, as well. I'm so excited for some fan base. Yeah. Maybe here next year to try it and it to go the exact opposite yeah. way. And then that guy's going to get booed so much louder than he would have if they would have just decided, <laughs> let's get on him and boo him in the first place. Like, it is a great, happy story because yeah. it's worked out. But imagine those people with what we know about Philly sports fans mm-hmm. specifically, that they somehow in that cold black heart of theirs found it in them to be like, you know, let's cheer for this guy. Imagine if it didn't work, how much he'd be hated. Well, but they don't have to. They, there's not enough double A batteries in the world. <laughs> honestly, 
Uh, but yeah, it did it did work out? Uh, and yeah, Trey Turner viewed in uh, more glowing uh, terms than than Santa Claus, who yeah, notably got booed in Philadelphia. But the the Phillies are through, and I I don't think anybody should be surprised, despite the fact they finished 14 games up the track mm-hmm. from the Atlanta Braves. They beat them last year. In the American League Division Series, look at the names there, right? Mm-hmm. And those are some pretty formidable players. By the way, I was actually texting with somebody yesterday about, you know, the Blue Jays and how fun it would have been to have been watching them continue yes. to play baseball at this time of year. And then I was, I did have a, a comment that despite the names on the back of the jerseys, like just imagine thinking that that Blue Jays offense can compare to what the Phillies can offer up and God, can no. compare to what the Braves can offer up despite the fact they only scored one run yesterday mm-hmm. and are headed home again. But the the number of runs, both of those teams scored throughout the course of the regular season, the, the home run threat that exists up and down the lineup for both teams. Yeah, it seems like... Very different than what the Blue Jays were offering yeah, this regular kind of, season. Well, maybe the 15-16. That's what people are thinking of. They're like, ah, imagine that. Yeah, because there actually were home run threats. Forget up and down. There weren't home run threats really even up the lineup this no. year. There's just it's a dearth of home run threats. Yeah, so the Blue Jays headed home makes sense. They only won 89 games, okay? And the Phillies won 90. But here's where things get a little dicey. There were 300 win teams in Major League Baseball this season. Yeah. They're all at home watching the rest of the playoffs now after the Braves become the third of the bunch. Orioles, Braves, Dodgers all won 100-plus games, Mm -hmm. all won their divisions, all had first-round playoff buys, which exist now Mm -hmm. in Major League Baseball. The Astros are the only team that didn't have to play in the wild-card round that are through Mm -hmm. to their championship series. We've already had the, the Ken Rosenthal article about, hey, maybe we need to rethink the the way this is formatted yep. if if we keep having surprises wild card teams advancing home field advantage not meaning all that much where do you land on it Brent I think the complaining is far too much I understand the way it looks this year but anybody saying we need to make changes based off and I know that this isn't just one year there have been some examples of this but Boston in the NHL just had the season of all seasons and guess what they lost in seven games in the in the first round I think that this is You got to decide. Just make up your mind right now. You as a sports fan, do you want to be a North American sports fan or do you want to watch the Premier League? I don't care, but I know firmly which (laughs) camp I fall within. I like games. Oh, no, uh, definitely not. No, I like games (laughs) that have extra stakes. I love a regular season. I love, well, I'm not going to say I love the long nature of it, but I think it is great that you get both, that you get the slow churn of the conversations we're having about a team over the course of 162, and I love that. But I also love the idea that the game kind of completely flips a switch. Boy, what does that sound like? It sounds a lot like hockey, that there's a very different style of play in the playoffs from the regular season. And I just think that, This is the way we do things here. And I like it that way. I like that there are extra stakes. I like that there's Mm -hmm. volatility. If we don't, if, if you, if you want an expanded playoffs, this is the world you have to live with. If you, if you want to go back to, Hey, division winners get in and and one wild card, even okay. Then you're going to have a much more world where 
the 100 win teams meet up in the World Series. If that matters so much to you, then get rid of the wild cards or get rid of the other two or whatever way you want to look at it. But if you want more teams in the competitive mix, volatility is a part of it. So I cannot stand all the complaining about this, well, quite frankly. This is it. This sport in particular is it's a tough one for people who have been watching it for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, they remember that. <laughs> it's it's not like uh, forever ago no. that there were no playoffs at, uh, at all. And it was just like, yeah, teams Shake winning. They win the pennant. They they win the American League. They win the National League. They meet in the World Series. And, uh, and then uh, Bob's your uncle. Um, <laughs> that this is a, a sport where the regular season is supposed to be emphasized because they play so many damn mm-hmm. games. And I think there was a belief that when this playoff structure was formatted – that you could have your cake and eat it too. That you could have the regular season be meaningful, so much so that it would impact your seeding and the advantages you would get during the postseason, that you would see a direct correlation to regular season teams having success yep. in the postseason. But to your point, that's not the way it was ever going to work out. No. You, you, you can't have it all. I'm sorry. You can't. Either you, or... You can you can have it all, but you have to separate the two, right? Like you can say, and and this is this is bad for the the people like you who hate the champagne celebrations. But like, have a champagne celebration for the regular season success because that's a different deal. And there's there's an argument to be made that that's the the tougher slog and that's the for more sure. indicative sample of who the best team in Major League Baseball is. But then like have a, a bigger celebration for the team that won in the postseason but the, they're they're just two separate things hmm. and they're two separate conversations i think you just hit on it and i can't believe the nhl has the solution to our problem right there but why don't they just have a president's trophy in baseball and that it like and that way that, actually i realized this this makes literally everybody happy for people like me there is no more celebration for woo got in the playoffs because there's one team that gets to celebrate it's the team that has the best record after 162 and they get to have their you can even call it the hunk of metal trophy in honor of rob manfred call it whatever you want and that is a real thing because with the culture of hockey president's trophy it is a laughing stock if you raise that banner or whatever we laugh and point at it because it doesn't matter so much but 162 in baseball does matter i do think and it's much like the nba with this in-season tournament they're trying to build it's not going to just happen overnight that if yeah. a, a decree comes down and it actually can't come from Manfred, it needs to come from whoever eventually replaces him is <laughs> like his first great idea. But if you say, all right, this is the way the sport works now. There is going to be a trophy. Call it the, well, I guess there already is a Hank Aaron award. Call it the Jackie Robertson award. Name it after some great player in your game, okay? And you actually get a trophy for being the best record, not in the American League, not in the National League, but in baseball over mm. 162. And then we also don't have as many of these conversations about, well, the Dodgers have been playing nothing baseball for six months. because Yeah, no, they're not because mm. they want to win that trophy and they want to win the World Series. And I don't think it would take hold to matter immediately. These things take, honestly, generations. But... You know, this going to trick. This going to surprise you that I know this, but like, it's a thing to win the treble in soccer. Oh, yeah. You can win Champions League and win your league, yeah. and they got a bunch of cups. You can win one of those yeah. too. So I don't see why you couldn't just make that change. It wouldn't take hold. We'd all laugh at it for ten years or whatever. But honestly, I think that's the way to fix it because then you have teams playing meaningful baseball down the stretch as well. I will say that yeah, okay, that's a that's a new fandangled thing, like having a yeah a league winner or an overall major league baseball uh, winner as far as the regular season is concerned. But 
Yeah, there is not a, a laughing at teams who raise division no. pennants, right? Like if if going into next season, I, I'm not if, this will happen. Like if the Orioles, their home opener, they raise the American League East pennant, no one's going to be like, oh, what a bunch of clowns. I can't believe they're celebrating winning a regular season division title when they went out so meekly, didn't even win mm-hmm. a game in the American League Division Series. It doesn't happen no, in baseball because doesn't. people do have institutional knowledge or, or memory of of the that being the only thing that, that really mattered. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for adding more regular season incentives. You're right, like to... to to have even the teams that ran away with their divisions have something to play for. And maybe and maybe they don't. Like, I, I think all we want is debates in sport. How fun of a debate is it? Let's say mm. you're, you know, forgive me, I don't have the records. Oh, it wouldn't be the Diamondbacks because they snuck in. But how fun of a debate is it of, eh, should we push to try to have a chance at this? Or should we make sure our starters are super fresh, ready to go? Like, it would lead to so many more fun baseball conversations in the last week or two of the season as well. Yeah. Um, Am I selling you? You, I feel like this goes against your sensibilities. No, no, though. no, no. It absolutely does because I do think <laughs> what you can get in a danger of doing is talking about the playoffs being a crapshoot, which they're not. They're still baseball games, and there are specific types of. No, teams you're just rolling with success. different dice, is what I'd say it is. You, there's specific types of baseball teams that that tend to have more postseason success. And go back over the last, you know couple of decades and I, I know this playoff mm-hmm. format is is only a couple of seasons old but like does anybody look back at that Astros team a season ago and say like they were unworthy like eventually no. you get to a place sure. where there's a, a a worthy champion but yeah there's there's a different there is a different feeling around a regular season and and for that reason I'm not as anti-champagne celebration, as I mm-hmm. said. If if you're the Orioles and, you know, you go from a team that's been out of the playoffs and 100 lost team yep. for the last number of years, but over 162, you were the best team, not only in the glamour division in all of mm-hmm. baseball, but in the American League and that, okay, that's not ultimately how you're going to be judged, but partly, like when, sure. when we go into next season, we are, we're going to talk about, boy, yeah, the <laughs> Orioles blew it by not maybe adding at the deadline and increasing their chances of winning in the postseason we're going to have that conversation as well, but we're also going to say, yeah, that was over the the sample that was 162 games as opposed to three games, which is all they got against the Rangers. That was the best team. That means something. They get to raise a banner. They don't get to have the commissioner's trophy. They don't get to have the people metal. riding in the streets. Um, but yeah, they, they got to have a, a, a moment of celebration in that fan base, which I'm, I'm sure the fan base did celebrate. Yeah, I'm sure they did too. And I know this is a slightly different conversation than the one you're kind of trying to have with me, but I feel so much differently about it for a team like the Orioles than even a team like, let's just remove the Blue Jays for, for a second from this, than I do a team like the Dodgers. Like, well, that's it. we did exactly what we're supposed to do. Look at us. We're so great versus, hey, guess what? I'm Gunnar Henderson. I actually am great. I actually was able to propel this team. Adley Rutschman, I am a winner. Like, I think there's such a, and I understand, it's the culture of sport. I'm climbing uphill. It's never going to happen, yada, yada, yada. But I feel so differently about seeing the O's have that moment than I do the Jays or a team well, like the and, Dodgers. And and for a team like the Dodgers that's had the regular season success mm-hmm. that's been in the postseason, yeah, you should be going into an offseason where you're not only thinking about the small sample of the postseason because the, you do have to get there. Like, you have to do, and the, to your point, about the comparison to the yeah. National Hockey League. It's like, yeah, in the playoffs, you need more of those tough guys that are maybe not as helpful during the regular season. Bingo. But that that's, 
if you're a team that is pretty well established in, in being a playoff team, then you can build your team differently, which I don't like the Orioles weren't in the playoffs last year. Maybe they start thinking about that this offseason. The Dodgers should be thinking about it every year. Every offseason, they go into uh, an offseason and thinking about the things they need to add. Now, part of it is like, hey, don't have four of our five starters get injured. Yeah. I, I don't know how you <laughs> control that, but you should yeah. be thinking about what is the best way to build our team for the small sample of October? Uh, an exorcism on Clayton Kershaw is the first step there. Just I, I don't I don't know that that would be the answer, but I've heard worse ideas to fix the Dodgers in the playoffs. Honestly, um, happening right now in Japan. Thank you for remembering this. Yeah, or actually, as people will find out, you should not be bringing this up. <laughs> it's getting worse. I don't know if you've seen the updated score, but Canada. I haven't. Okay, Canada is playing Japan in a friendly. Um, is that like? Their first friendly in a while. Their first competitive Canada's match. men. Yes, the men's soccer team. They they're supposed to play. There was a, a an international window in September. They they didn't want to pony sure. up the dough to play a game, so right. they didn't play. A bunch of teams around the globe did play, including many in Concacaf. Uh, Canada was you know they took a a, a seat during that. <laughs> um, and as you, I'm sure you're well aware, John Herdman stepping down as head coach of, of Team Canada and. Seems like he may have timed that out well. Japan up four nothing now as they play in the fifty fourth minute. Uh, yeah, Alfonso Davies has a goal, but it's an own goal. Um, oh. Whoops! Yeah, <laughs> this is dropped by me. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm just following through John Molinero tweets at John Molinero. His last tweet was, "This is ugly." <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, three nothing. This is ugly, uh, John. It's only gotten more ugly since then. Four nothing. Japan leading Canada. This is a team that made it to the World Cup for the first time in in thirty plus years in December. Like mm-hmm. that's not even a year ago. We were talking about this team being at the absolute heights of its of its um, of its uh, successes, mm-hmm. making the World Cup. And I, I know they didn't win a game, but they they did take a lead, and they scored a goal, which they hadn't done in, in a World Cup. And it's amazing, in less than a year, the conversation around them, how it's shifted, headed into a World Cup they're going to host in 2026. I have n- honestly, like, so we throw around the hyperbole of, I have never seen, I honestly cannot think of a time where, let's throw pro sports into it as well, where an organization or an entity was so unready to take advantage of the opportunity that they created for themselves and also that they could have foreseen coming. Like, I don't think it was a guarantee by any means that they got into the last World Cup, but it was not out of the realm of possibility that you would have had the Cinderella run that they had. And to not be ready and not be able to pounce on that, it is just a disaster. And it's what we've talked about with the CSA on the women's side of things as well. It is blasphemous the way they have dealt with this opportunity you see Canada basketball by no means are they necessarily perfect but look how ready they were to feast on that moment the SGA and and everybody on the men's national team gave them this summer yeah this is ugly man this is this is gonna make some waves the way this is trending um I know it's just a friendly but yeah Again, considering the, the problem is the Davies own goal. That's the that, that's the thing. Yeah. Like you need the thing to point to the casuals of, hey, this is bad. Yeah, your crown jewel scored yeah. on his own net. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen it. No, but uh, still bad. Still bad. It doesn't look good. All right, we'll, we'll revisit that maybe next week. All right, time now for Wake and Rake. Presented. Yeah, I lost ten dimes on them. Whoops. 
The Wake and Rake is presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet Local. All right, NFL into week number six. Brent, uh, I got a couple of games that uh, that I'm circling. Some big lines this week, though. I don't know how you feel about that. I loathe, in general, big lines because it just feels like it has to be a stay-away game for me. We both did somehow manage to hit on the big line the, the Chiefs had last mm-hmm. night. But, yeah, big spreads always scare me. So, generally speaking, those are stay-aways for me. Okay, I'm going to – my f- first selection here headed towards Sunday is actually not one of those big lines. I, I like the Colts in Jacksonville getting – four points despite the fact that Anthony Richardson's out he's on the IR now Gardner Minshew I was gonna say despite (laughs) yeah Gardner Minshew's clearly the best backup in the NFL and there's more than a few teams that would love to have him rostered and the Jags uh, I know are back in it and the big win over the Mm -hmm. Bills I mean if you're taking more than like the smallest bit out of that win in London Mm -hmm. after a Jags team was sitting there waiting and seemingly that was like a, a, a trial balloon for the NFL to see how teams would react to, to only having a couple of days of acclimatizing to the time change and one team sitting there and having a couple of weeks mm-hmm. of acclimatizing. Yeah, that's that's still not a very impressive Jacksonville team. The Colts are more than just an Anthony Richardson creation. Gardner Minshew has them playing Mm -hmm. real damn well. I I, I like the Colts a lot in this game. I had that one circled as well. Taylor in the mix as well. You imagine they're only going to get more dangerous with him getting more comfortable. So yeah, I'm with you there. I had that game circled as well. Uh, One game I'm looking at is the Ravens on the road in Tennessee. We just talked to Charles Davis about this. Uh, Ravens minus four there. I like them to cover. I just think they're clearly a better team than the Titans. I know they have had moments where they slipped up and haven't looked like it, but we see the Titans. They're not quite the machine. They have been running the ball lately in years past, uh, I think the Ravens are going to win that one and win it handily. Uh, the Lions have taken control of the NFC North. It's it's like, it's incredible how they're going to like just moonwalk <laughs> to a division title there seemingly. That's a team that is, yeah, clearly not on the same level as the Eagles and the 49ers, but I think they're right below. Like, I think they're above the, the Cowboys. I thought, honestly, I would, I would probably rank them third in the NFC, they're they're giving three points to the Buccaneers in Tampa. I like the Lions. The Bucs have beaten the Vikings, Bears, and Saints. Okay, so like, what a surprising season it's been. Um, I know they're coming off a bye. Can't, oh, Todd Bowles after a yeah. bye. Got to be careful. I'm fine with it. Uh, I, I will. I will give up the the three points to take the Lions on the road. Uh, I like that there. I had that one circled as well. So we're uh, we're pretty much lockstep so far today. Uh, for me, uh, who doesn't love betting an over? We just talked about the Bills. Don't take too much into that. They also lost two of their best defensive players in the last couple of weeks. So Giants, Bills, over 44 and a half. I think that's what you, you got to do there. I expect Buffalo to put up points. And then given their defense, maybe, maybe the Giants can get something going offensively. So give me the over 44 and a half. Yeah, the only, they're starting a backup quarterback as well. And Tyrod mm-hmm. Taylor, who yep. again might be Gardner uh, Minshew. Yeah, it, it, you might be better off uh, with a, a more mobile Tyrod Taylor than uh, Daniel Jones at this yep. point. Uh, Giants, you know, that the line is 14 and a half. We talked about yeah. these big numbers. That's why the the spread is not getting touched. I I don't know if I was gonna if I was gonna take the, mm-hmm. uh, the if I was gonna lean one way, it would actually be the points in 14 and a half because I mean you got Buffalo coming back yep. from London. What happened to the buys immediately after going overseas? Uh, the extra week, that's what happened. I guess, but uh, the Bills and the Jags are both playing this week, yep. and and the Bills after the devastating defensive injuries they've they've suffered, um, the Giants 
are obviously an embarrassment mm-hmm. this season. But yeah, I, I, 14 and a half is a lot. Yeah, it's more than two touchdowns. Yeah, it's, it's quite a lot. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's how math works. Well done. Yeah. All right, that was the Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet local. All right, when we come back, the Blue Jays continue to uh, be in the news despite their season ending more than a week ago. Um, this time, the narrative is a little bit better. How much better? We'll talk to our pal John Morosi of MLB Network next. The Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.